Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we reflected on the third round of the FA Cup and Danny Kelly joined us. We covered all manner of things, including a bit of VAR. Um, and he's a touch concerned about Chelsea's current form, reading between the lines. <laughs> so he'll tell you uh, what he made of that and looks at the forthcoming fixtures. Um, we had some clips of the week pewter from 2004. Yeah, we're good. There was a couple of old school classics oh, yeah. in there, so you'll hear them. And I reckon that should just about do you, don't you? I'd say so. Anyway, here it all is. Hawksby and Andy Jacobs went this afternoon. Andy has just told me he's deaf in one ear, <laughs> which, which bodes well. The cough's slightly better. Slightly anyway, better, but not much. Um, yeah, look, it was losing to City playing like that is no disgrace. But three 0 at half. Yeah, the way they played was a disgrace. It's just not happening. It's just get rid of him, honestly. It's not working. It's not going to work. The longer you leave it, the worse it will be. That's the way it is. And I don't know, you know, I fear what will happen if we don't get rid of him. Because I don't know if the Americans, they realise it's not the NFL. We do have promotion and relegation in this country. <laughs> Perhaps they haven't worked it out yet. He's been pretty unlucky, though. Well, he's, he's, he's he's eight lot different formations out. in 17 games. Look, they've got 10 players out, but they've still got full internationals. He's not getting a tune out of the players he's got. That's the problem. Yeah, of course they've got injuries and all that, but that's, that's not an excuse. You know, mm. I th- even a National League team would have gone to City and, and given them a harder game yesterday. They would have fought. There was no fight. There was no anything. It was, it was so poor. What, 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 you know, what is your expectation? What should he be doing, considering all the players that he's got? Missing? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I just get them playing with a bit of spirit and, and decide on a system, decide on some plan, and, and stick to it. It's, it's so scattergun. Every day, every week, there's a different formation. I mean, eight formations, starting formations in 17 games is mm. not the way forward. It isn't. You know, but look, we'll look, talk about if he had that. All, I mean, he's clearly got a team in mind and the way he mm. wants to play if he has all of his players available. Well, but he yeah. hasn't. I mean, look, nobody always gets all of their players available, no. but look, 10, look, 10 injuries is pushing it a bit. I didn't mind. You know, when they played the other night, they, they gave it their all. All right, they lost the game, but they, they could have got a draw out and they played quite well. Yeah. But mm. yesterday, it was like the game against Forest. You know, the, the away performances under Potter are terrible. I mean, that is just completely unacceptable, the way they capitulated the whole thing, you know. I don't know. 
I, I can't see it. Perhaps Todd Bowley wants to be in the National League like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> God knows. I don't know. Well, stick to him. I'm sure it'll work in the end. <laughs> Blue square within five years. Honestly. That's what he's effectively saying. Uh, I was interested in Pompey. You're not, Andy. You're not going down. You're just not. You're just. You're not going. Down. I can't see. I can't see where they win a game in the next. I've looked through the fixtures. I can't see it. I well, can't, look, I can't, well yeah. I think the warning signs, I mean, Palace aren't in great form. They've got Palace on the weekend. Yeah. They won't beat Fulham at Fulham. I mean, they'll get done. And uh, I probably, if they can't beat Palace at home on Sunday, I think they're in big trouble. He's in big trouble and they're in big trouble. And there's only so long they'll put up with it, however much they're backing him. You know, they're not stupid. They don't want to see their asset disappear. It was the wrong appointment. It was the wrong appointment at the time. I, they should have gone for Pochettino. That's what I wanted, and they didn't. They All went right, for then. This guy. Let's get your predictions. Fulham Thursday at Fulham. Lose. What's the score going to be? Two three nil. Okay. Um, Palace at home on Sunday. Palace is just going for a bad run. <sighs> Maybe a one nil win. Maybe. Okay. Liverpool away. I'll lose. Even okay. though Liverpool aren't great either, but no, they'll lose that. Fulham again at home Friday night. Yeah, they'll lose that as well. Okay, fair enough. Um. <laughs> West Ham away, Saturday lunchtime. Possibly uh, a draw. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, West Ham fans. Yeah. Um, Dortmund, then, the Champions League. Oh, no, they'll turn up for that, the players. They'll, they'll bother with that one. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll have so you right, think they'll... you'll go down but make the final of the Champions League? It could League. well happen, actually. It's absolutely possible. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, <laughs> playing in the first <laughs> championship side elect to win the Champions League final. It could final. be, yeah. Tremendous. Southampton at home. Come on, Andy. Yeah, they'll probably give, they'll probably win that one. Spurs away, three point lane. No, no, that, that they won't win that. Okay, fair enough. And then Leeds at home. I'm not going to take you all the way through. Fourth uh, of March, I've got you too. I don't know, maybe a uh, possible draw. Might have some players back by. They now. only need 15 points to stay up, so they should be able to manage that. <laughs> but it's hard to see where the next points coming from the way they're playing. Ridiculous. But it's not just that. It's just, it's it's. I just don't think he's right for the job. Mm. You look at his record. There was no way in. On earth, Abramovich would have appointed a manager that the best he'd ever done was ninth in the Premier League. Hmm. You know, if you accept that Chelsea are a big club, he's not a big club manager. He just isn't. So, fine, anyway, we'll talk more. Who would uh, you like to come in, then? I mean, I've seen a couple of people suggest... Our old mate Spencer, everyone, I think, was suggesting a big Chelsea fan like you, friend of the show, hmm. suggesting John Terry to the end of the season. Well... A I bit out of left field. At least they'd go out with a bit of fire in their belly. I'm going for Steve Evans. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's got a bit of fire in his belly. We'll find yes. out. From, we'll find out from. Uh, <coughs> he's, he's gone. He's gone. No. We'll find out from uh, Jamie Reed a little bit later on. Of course, playing under him at Stevenage, and mm. they got a fantastic win. They did. That was uh, a great performance at the weekend against Aston Villa to to pull it back quite late on to nick it at the end. Rupert Bell, Poor, his monocle Poor, fell out. He was that angry. Defending by Villa the for the winning just goal. Popped out. Terrible. Um, anyway, Portsmouth caretaker manager Simon Bassey yeah, has said that if Harry Kane had been playing for his side, they would have likely to have won it. Yeah. And of course, Kane is a diamond, or as Aunt Shirley would say, diamonds are forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He must. I mean, as a player over the years, he must have been known as. Shirley in the dressing room. Shirley, I would have thought. I would have thought so. I yeah. mean, I imagine that's lost on. Uh, if any of the young players in the Pompey think so, what was your nickname, Gaffer? Is that Shirley? No, I just uh, I don't get it. And who at the Portuguese FA looked at Belgium for the last five yeah. or six years and thought, 
That's the bloke we want. Yeah, the that's guy right. that wasted the golden generation. <laughs> Let's get him in quick. We got some cracking young players coming through that we're keen not to succeed. <laughs> Hello, Roberto. <laughs> Honestly, any Powell. chance you can come? He, mu he must do a great interview. Well, PowerPoint or something. People, yeah, I imagine he is. I reckon he has all that stuff where there's wipes, there's stuff spinning yeah, it's in. Gotta be, hasn't it? But the graphics are quite modern. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, Portugal are, you know, they produce some of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah. Are you telling me there isn't somebody within Portugal that could coach the national team that they have to go for Roberto Martinez, a failed bloke in the Premier League and a failed international manager? What a great decision by them. Wow. Andy Brassel knows his uh, Portuguese football, and um, I think he may defend Roberto Martinez slightly more than you did. So we'll, um, <laughs> sure. which won't be difficult if you're in that kind of mood. Yeah. And deaf in one ear at the moment. I know. So um, we we will be chatting to Danny Kelly to kick things off. A good look back over the uh, FA Cup weekend and all the talking points from it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, I feel like I've been beaten around the head by goals. I mean, they're just... <laughs> when, every third round, when you watch the two match of the days, it's just so many goals as, uh, mm. as Quinny's <laughs> mate. Oh, Mickey! Oh, Mickey! So many it's great. goals. It's just... And you just you can't take them all in. You take the important ones in, but there's so many that I, I couldn't do a quiz on the amount of goals. It seemed a lot, Danny. I've not looked at the Optus stats on it, but it did seem like there was a lot of goals. Maybe just sides thinking, let's get this done. We don't need another replay. It doesn't matter what division we're in. First of all, I'm still I'm still recovering from the shock of a Chelsea player I'd never heard of, Tor Lozel. Um, I honestly <laughs> thought you had a player called Tor Lozel for a second there. Do you know what I mean, though? You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I do. Absolutely. Um, the goals, uh, do you know what? If they'd been the like the old FA Cup third round, if it had been literally... You know, um, the first game of the new of the new year. You could say the players, as they had done in the past, have been partying. You know, um, but uh, that doesn't. That's not the case at the moment, is it? They, 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 we are into the second game of the season, um, and um, you know. So I, I don't. I don't really know. Except to, uh, I think uh, to Paul, the 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 organisation of teams at every level is so enormous now that the slightest changes, and there are a lot of teams made a lot of changes, not just the Premier League teams, probably leads to disorganisation and then maybe all these goals. That's all I can put it down to. No, you're probably right, actually. We should we should have a chat about um, VAR this weekend. Oh, drives me mad. As well. And the main issue, which we've talked about on the show before and I just can't understand, is why VAR works in some games because it's available in, in Premier League stadiums and it's not used in others. Sure, look, there's been a lot of talk about the FA undermining its own competition by having semi-finals at Wembley. Surely the ultimate undermining of a tournament is that it's not a level playing Different field. playing conditions. Yeah, you might as well have one team playing on grass and the other team playing on concrete. I mean, what's, it's ridiculous. We saw goals this weekend chalked off that wouldn't have been had VAR been available. So it just it makes for an unfair tournament. And the FA always say, well, look, when it's available, we'll use it. Well, why? It's a use yeah. it from the semi-finals when both semi-finals are at Wembley. It's a level playing field, and that's when they should it, they should use VAR. But yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, no, it, 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 it is ridiculous, Paul. But it's also indicative of the ongoing chaos um, of the VAR. They cannot seem to. It's like whack a mole. Another problem <laughs> emerges. They deal with that. Another one emerges. They deal with that. There hasn't been enough joined-up thinking um, about this at all. And, you know, you get a situation like the goal at Liverpool, which I'm sure you want to come on to. Not only uh, was it wrongly disallowed, it seems, 
Um, but today, the, the Liverpool Echo has produced a picture from someone's phone in the crowd to <laughs> prove the point one way or the other. I mean, where are we going with this? Artist impressions of the goals. <laughs> I mean, it's like courtrooms now. I mean, we'll, we'll have somebody drawing them very quickly in the, in, on, on, the, on, the, on the, the seats, not the terraces. Um, and Howard Webb, who, who I think is a pretty good, you know, uh, I expect great things from Howard Webb, but he really has got, in all seriousness, and I know this program doesn't always go the serious route, he has got a real problem here because the credibility of the English game, the game that turns up so much money, so much passion, so much emotion, um, is at stake here because before, when the referees made mistakes, the Lions people made mistakes, we put it down to incompetence. The problem with the mistakes they're making now, with the help of technology, is that it's very easy for the conspiracy theorists, and believe me, there are plenty of them out there, to start up with, oh, the big clubs, oh, the big clubs, oh, the big clubs. He's really got an issue. They need to try and make sure that VAR works across all grounds the same and that it works. Absolutely, but also the laws of the game need amended. The offside law is daft. The handball law is daft. You know, that, that one with Salah. The player doesn't go to head it. If his Salah isn't behind him, he doesn't go to head it. That's, he's offside in any way of looking at it. <coughs> Excuse me. And Andy, you couldn't, you, you're, you're pushing an open door here. The old rule about, um, you know, not, not having to be interfering with play. Anybody who's played the game, even on Hackney Marshes knows that, and I played at the back, so I know what I'm talking about here. Your position is partially to do with your teammates and partially to do with the opposition. So if they're behind you and they're offside, you're moving backwards or forwards away from them. And the phase thing is all wrong as well. They, they need to simplify all of this. I'm not suggesting they have to go back to the old rules because, you know, we, we, we're moving forward, hopefully, with the game. But they cannot have it that professionals and pundits don't understand the phase rules and the handball rule. It, it's just making a laughing stock of the game. And I'm sure, except, of course, that Wolves fans are not laughing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the West Brom game as well, Thomas Asante, was, it ended up a draw, didn't he? He should yeah. have seen red. If that had been, in that game, if they had VAR, then Chester would have gone through it. It's just completely skews the competition. Chesterfield. Yeah. That... Chesterfield, sorry. <laughs> okay, yes. yeah. Chester would love to be at this stage yeah, yeah, of the competition well, you know, at the moment, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, look, as I said, it, it, there's a lot they need to look at. And as I said, the idea of of uh, VAR for some games, not others, is is criminal. They're not going to change it now because that really would skew the competition. But I think if there's enough pressure brought to bear, they should they should review it. Just because you've got something available doesn't mean you should use it, Danny. Another good reason is Peter Wharton thinks it's a good idea and that using the system at Premier League venues is better than use, not using it at all. So you know Just, it's a bad that's idea. so wrong. Oh, you couldn't be more no. wrong, Peter, could you? Let's bring Peter no, Wharton in here. So let's not bother. <laughs> I mean, I know there will be people who say but there were, you know, there were seasons when we played FA Cup games on grass and some on artificial turf. Hmm. Um, but that doesn't happen anymore because it wasn't right either. No. Um, and, you know... It, the the game the, the FIFA used to say the game has to be the same across every level from you know from Hackney Marshes to the Maracana that's not practical no. the professional game is a different sport now from what people play um, for their leisure on on the local rec but within the professional game you have to have the rules the conditions the same for every team. Now, you, there are variables like the weather, of course, we accept that, but the things that are controllable, and this is the issue, the, the stuff with VAR is in the control of the authorities. 
And, they, and yet they've allowed themselves to get themselves into this, in this position where Paul, a, a much more reasonable man than me, a much more reasonable <laughs> man than Andy, is irate. <laughs> That's my, my two bugbears, if, if I may call them that. Double bugbear, okay. Dub, the double bugbear is that and uh, people being uh, jettisoned, or sorry, people being catapulted into the Europa League when they've been booted out of the Champions League. Two things that should never, ever happen in football. Appalling, anyway. That's that's for another day. And we're going to look at the winners and losers of the FA Cup third round. Um, nine Premier League sides, who effectively, when you look at the one of them going out in the Liverpool Wolves replay. That's nine teams uh, from the Premier League going out. We'll look at some of the reasons behind that. And uh, look at, as we said, at the winners and losers of the third round weekend with Danny Kelly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The winners and losers. Um, nine teams, as we were saying just before the uh, sport there, Danny. Nine Premier League sides effectively will go out in the third round. I wonder what we should read into that. Um, I guess it, 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 another example of, um, you know, the, the Premier League teams don't take this tournament entirely seriously until they get to the, um, the middle stages of it. I also thought the draw... Um, um, a lot of Premier League teams drew teams from lower divisions who were in terrific form. We'll mm. get on to that. And, of course, one who were in really bad form but still managed to win. I'll get <laughs> on to that as well. Um, they drew form teams. So that not putting out your absolute starting eleven mm. risked running into a group of you know fit, young, professional footballers who are averaging two points a game, yeah. which will fill them with confidence. Um, and I, so I was expecting a, a few upsets in, the, in, in this round of this because of the way the draw went, but not as many as there were, to be truthful. I thought that mm. uh, Sheffield Wednesday against Newcastle was the, sh the shock of the round. I can't believe it wasn't the first game or match of the day. It was a strange idea. They wanted to do you know, non-league against league, th that section. But that was the biggest shock of the round. I mean, Newcastle have been in great form, you know, playing a team two divisions below them. Yeah, I mean, that that's the one where you had two teams are in terrific form because Wednesday are also um, really in very, very good form indeed. And the Newcastle fans will be 
Um, pretty disappointed about this because I should, you know, the statistic is almost painfully familiar. They haven't won a trophy since 1969. Bobby Moncur and all that. Mm. Um, now they're still in the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup, but they would have seen, particularly with the, as, as Paul's pointing out there, the, 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 the sort of the seeds falling quite quickly in this first round. They would have seen this as a real opportunity, um, to turn the new investment into a trophy. Um, and in a kind of, Slightly Newcastle way, they've come a cropper, haven't they? But Sheffield Wednesday are nobody's mugs. You know, Newcastle should beat them, of course. But, you know, there you have it. Mm. You mentioned the draw, and, and it does seem the draw just sort of gets a bit thrown away these days, the draw itself. I mean, I don't want to get all misty-eyed about one o'clock on the ra- only on the radio, mm. only at one o'clock on a Monday after... You what do want to get misty-eyed about it. I do want it. to get misty-eyed about that, because I remember... Yeah, it we spoils all remember. it. I mean, I saw the draw, and I saw that even if we beat Man City, we've got Arsenal. You think, what's the point, really? <laughs> don't do well, that. Well, you don't think they can beat anybody. Well, I don't. <laughs> That's true. He's, he's got them in the blue square. But, yeah, it's true. It kind of does get slightly thrown away, doesn't it? Sort of five past four, still games to be played. There it is. This is the next round, even though quite a lot of games haven't been decided yet from the round before. I mean, look, I'm not saying do what the Carabao Cup does, you know, do it live from the hanging gardens of Babylon, which all, or from, <laughs> from a car park in real. They're just looking for quirky ways. But, you know, you could make a bit more of an event of it. And they have for a while. It used to be sort of seven o'clock on a Monday evening. They'd take over the one show. So you'd have a bit about Vols. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, right. Mel Brooks would come on <laughs> and promote his film. Then we'd have the FA Cup draw. But at least it felt like they were putting a bit of effort in. That's slightly get slung away these days. I mean, again, this is down to the, to the FA. They, they complain bitterly that the Premier League is all powerful, all dominant, is uh, destroying all other competitions. Here they have an opportunity to make something, you know, perhaps not the grand event that it was in your in your youth pool, but make something of the draw. Mm. And I don't know whether it's the TV companies are dictating when it is, but I agree with you. Let's let's have all the tra- ties. I mean, it would be good if it was tonight after we knew largely who was through. Um, and, you know, uh, obviously maybe Chelsea would have got a better draw tonight as well, Andy. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you'd, you'd, be, you'd have been a bit happier. But, uh, the Blackpool Forest game was fascinating as well. It doesn't say much for Forest summer recruitment, does it? No, I mean, he made what 11 changes and they got, got oh. a coating, didn't they? Well, I, I, put, I put one word in my notes next to that one, just mess. Um, not, I mean, because Blackpool are really uh, in terrible form themselves. And that was one where I thought, you know, this is the uh, case where the Premier League team should turn up. Um, but he has not, the, the first 11 are not in proper coherent shape after their extraordinary purchasing uh, during the summer. So what would you expect from the 11 reserves to, but to go out there? Now, I know, you know, people say, don't they train together and all the rest of it? But you can't, you know, train together is not the same thing as playing, again, against professional team that's motivated. Although, you know, no matter what, however you try and slice this, that is just a terrible result for Nottingham yeah, Forest. They, well done, Blackpool. The interesting thing in Forest is they're so different away from home. I mean, fans shouldn't make that much difference. You know, I know the fans at Forest are great, but you know, it's incredible the difference of the way they play at home and the way they play away. Amazing. I tell you, who well, has impressed me? Who's on? Vincent Company. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, he's a pep yeah. disciple, and the way that Burnley's second goal was very much an unselfish City-style goal. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because it feeds down into 
the mindset of fans and clubs around defeats maybe in the FA Cup. So we're, we've just talked about Newcastle. Mm. Newcastle fans will be disappointed with that. They would have liked a cup run. The team are going well, and they would have probably thought that we can manage a good cup run, maybe win a cup, and also get in the Champions League this year. So they'll be disappointed. Forest mm-hmm. fans might be thinking, yeah, I would have liked a cup run, but it's more important we, pl- we stay in the Premier League. Let's concentrate on that. And, yeah, maybe Bournemouth. I mean, Bournemouth needed they needed to get a win just to start to turn things around uh, because the narrative yeah, that, is getting a bit... Yeah. I like my Andy's torn up the running order here, so my thoughts yeah, are well, yeah, it's, it's, it's gone free form. It's like Ornette Coleman today. <laughs> it, it is Ornette. Very, very good choice. Um, well, I mean, the I'm going to do it now as well. I mean, if the Bournemouth and Burnley result is the opposite to the Southampton result at Palace, mm. where, um, you know, Nathan Jones needed something. They've got to stop the rot somewhere. Yeah. They've done it, even though they don't need to be in the FA Cup. They need to concentrate and stay in the Premier League. Bournemouth, um, you know, you say they could be glad to be out of it, but I mean, I've got to be honest. You ask any Nottingham Forest fan, um, did you really want to lose at Blackpool? You ask any Bournemouth fan, I mean, brilliant though Burnley are at the moment, and they are brilliant. Um, you know, do you want to get beaten at home by a team from a division below? And you know, they they, they can do all the chin stroking and computerizations and clipboards they want about their chance to stay in the Premier League. Nobody wants these results. No. Well, you know, and Nathan, Nathan Jones had to get something and got it at Palace. Yeah, but Bournemouth I mean, and Burnley are swapping places at the end of the season. That's plainly obvious. That's my one, belief. One that's thing I belief. love about the third round of the FA Cup uh, match of the day is the opportunity for commentators from like BBC Radio Shropshire. It's their real moment in the sun, mm-hmm. especially like the, the first game, the Coventry Wrexham. Yeah, he could never have thought he'd be first on match of the day. That's what can happen. Look at what he did for Motti's career all those years ago. You get an upset. I mean, without Hereford beating Newcastle, Motti may not have had the stellar career that he it's did. It's true. They're the margins, even for the common. That's the, the magic of the FA Cup from a commentary, a commentary well, it, point it, of view. It's possibly the magic of having Hollywood owners as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you know. Of course, it's a great game and a fun game uh, to, to to televise. Um, and you know. We, seven goals is always is always attractive, but Wrexham's profile is just exponentially bigger now yeah. than their actual achievements uh, historically or currently because of their owners. I think it's great. I absolutely. I mean, I don't know what, what involvement they actually have the two the two actors with the with the day to day running of the club, but I think it's been an absolute joy to watch yeah. um, Wrexham respond so well. The the I mean, if you look at the profile of the players that they've been so, I didn't know Elliot Lee was there. I've got to be honest. I mean, he's a He's a championship that was player, a really. Goal, You'd it? say sort of, you know, top bottom ten of the championship is his mark. Um, I mean, Paul Mullins is what he's a, a League One player. They've got a lot of League One and champ. They've had players. A player there has played five games for Hull this year. They've just signed. I mean, you know, uh, if it's it, good luck to Stockport uh, holding them off. Sorry, no, not Stockport. Um, not um, Notts County holding them off this year because the profile mm. of the players they sign are not National League a lot of the time. No, you've got, you're getting a repetition here somewhat of the, of the Salford experience, aren't you? Hmm. Where a club gets owners who are slightly more ambitious um, and well-heeled than those around them. Um, and, of course, that works. The lower down you go, with all due respect to Newcastle, the lower down you go, the more that works. If you can bring in players at that level who are um, perhaps, you know, not what to use the phrase, slumming it, um, you will you will get results. Um Coventry, I would make the point, um, you know, people use the, the phrase Spursy. Coventry are a team who, for the last 10 years, if they can find 
um, a nail on the floor to step on, they'll find it. <laughs> um, and, you know, every single thing they try to do goes disastrously wrong. Um, and so, of course, if you say, so what non-league team will win away from home? I say, oh, Coventry's still in the competition, are they? Because it'll be Coventry, won't it? God we, bless them. We should talk a bit about Palace, who are on a, a pretty ropey run at the moment. And They'll uh, be all right on the weekend. OK, yeah, we'll come on to They're Chelsea. playing their joker, are they? We'll, get, we'll let Danny have his say on, on Chelsea with a bit of distance on it that, of course, we can't get from Andy. Um, but, yeah, so what is that now? One, one in their last five games and at home to Southampton you should, you know, that's a game pretty they should be winning I wonder if you know sometimes a, a cup defeat can kind of they can you know can set you on a bit of a bad road I'm sure Palace fans will be hoping that isn't the case I don't really understand it I, I mean I, I, you look at Palace and you you know as I say the transformation from the, the sort of stodgy uh, dad's army that they had under Roy, uh, Roy Hodgson um, has been transformed I mean their front four looks absolutely full of skill and, uh, in an essay's case, effort and, and running. You, you think there would be a problem for everybody. The defence looks reasonably solid. I, I must admit, this is one of these cases where, um, despite the vast stipend you pay me, I can't quite get my finger on <laughs> what's wrong at Crystal Palace. The manager says all the right things. Um, maybe, maybe they just need one good result to turn it round. But, but they are typical, Andy, aren't they, of a whole lot of teams in the middle of the Premier League who have to have everything going at 100% to get results um, mm. against each other and against other teams in the league. And as soon as one bit starts to fall away, um, they, they can look pretty ordinary. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. You see that Theresa May has earned more from outside engagements than any other MP since the last election. This is the one that got me. The World Travel and Tourism Council paid her an eye-watering £107,600 for one speech. Wow. I wouldn't pay £10.76 there. <laughs> Honestly, what value is that? A hundred thousand. What, what could she say in a speech that's worth a hundred grand? Might be like Jimmy Carr. It might be sort of quick-fire <laughs> gag after gag. Maybe there was a. Maybe she held that all she back. She danced. She held that all back on an, on an MP's <laughs> or Prime Minister's salary and gives it to them all. Honestly. On that, on that kind of money. Oh, yeah, there's been a, sorry, there's a big sort of... Uh, Apparently, you can go online, I think, and check out what your local MP has been making on the side. I mean, very few of them have got a window cleaning around. No, that's that very true, actually. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to another radio station yesterday. It was very disloyal of me, but I was in oh, the car. Wow. And, uh, oh, what's your mouth start, out I know. It was the start of Bob Harris's show on Radio 2. Oh, okay. And I felt Whatever for him, really, because it was a bit like things that oh. happen here. All the equipment that plays the music failed. Right. Right at the start of the show. <laughs> That's quite, Which is quite difficult. It's quite for difficult for a music DJ. <laughs> yeah, so what did he do? Did he just sing the ones he was going to play? No, he, he just basically talked until they fixed it. Oh, OK. Because he is actually a very good broadcaster. He is, so that's right. There you go. Yeah. And how long did that uh, take? Well, about five or ten minutes, I think, yeah. Oh, OK. So you you stay with him? Well, I, I love him. I'm a big fan. <laughs> you stay with him. I thought it was on the other side at that time, but I'm sure they sure your colleagues feel absolutely well, delighted. Well, FA Cup. Third round. Yes. Mm -mm. Excuse me. Yes, it certainly was. Uh, you know, there's, I think we might talk to Will Meller about this a little bit later on. Um, this was a little story in one of the papers at the weekend. Apparently, Scooby is the resident cat at Manchester United's training ground. See? Yeah, he's uh, he's been at Carrington for a number of years apparently, and he'll often be seen strolling round reception, or uh, or with the players in the gym. He's something of a lucky mascot, or yeah. not, as the case may be. He's what happened to Dave from the World Cup? Um, well, the dog. He's, well, we talked about. I thought that. it was a cat, wasn't he? 
Oh, he was a cow. Sorry, he was a cow. <laughs> I do get those two confused. I do struggle with those. Yes, that's right. He is a cow. He's he's been held in quarantine, isn't he? I think. Oh, he's he? come okay, over. Fine. That's right. And he's not going to go to Manchester United's training ground. No. It's John Stones and. Um, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Carl Walker's cat. But uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, do look out for. I don't know if uh, Will has ever seen this particular tabby cat. But he wanders around nibbling biscuits and other treats. Well, yeah, he's a cat. <laughs> drinking pints of Ta- lager, wouldn't he? Taylor Swift's cat, though, is worth 81 million. It's been voted the most expensive uh, cat in the world. It's got its own Instagram with millions and millions Tremendous, of followers, yeah. you know, basically. I'm surprised Todd Bowley hasn't tried to buy it for the training ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, we're struggling with uh, something you should never do outside a convent, mm. Hector Nuns. Oh, dear. Uh, who's the snooker correspondent we're going to turn to. So we'll try and catch up with him a little bit later on. So uh, feel free to expand, Andy. Oh, fine, uh, okay. If you were what you were going to do later. Well, feel I'm free to, quite happy to, do to that. dump on us now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is a good. I've I've got quite into the masked singer. Basically, I've I've watched start watching programs I never watched before because the wife likes. I've got them, quite so. into the masked singer. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm amazed though. It's, it's quite. It's, it's it's an intriguing format actually. Mm. Yeah. Who thought of this? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he came up with the idea. The costumes are good and everything. So I've noticed good. the costumes are getting more elaborate and they're a bit more kind yeah. of of the nation. Ali Ross was right. Chris Kamara's outfit was pathetic. When he even tried. It was a sheet. Oh, okay. was it really? Rubbish. Yeah, okay. He was ghosts. Maybe they run the, the budget <clears> run out as they got Kami in. I don't know. But like this, I mean, I doubt in the Japanese version, the original version, is it Japanese? I think it is, isn't it? Or I think it comes from the far I have summer. no idea. But they wouldn't have like sausage, egg, beans and chips. <laughs> so I mean, obviously the, the outfit to become. I think much, sushi one there one. <laughs> much, much more of the nation that they appear Ridiculous. in. But I've, I've noticed that you've got like full English breakfast. I know. Who's full English breakfast? No, baked week? potato was sensational the other day. But the phrases fan- you never thought you'd be saying. Fans yeah. of the Masked Singer thought that piece of cake was Mary Berry. Think, oh, come on, the woman's about 90. She's <laughs> prancing about in a studio <laughs> in a costume singing. It was Lulu, in fact, actually. Yeah, well, she's about, she's not far off a of Mary Berry with respect, is she? Oh, she's looking tremendous, though. She did do yeah. her trademark, though, that thing she always does whenever she's yeah, on telly, which yeah. I'm not going to do. I'm going to save yeah. my throat. Yeah, I think you, you may not be able to work again. <laughs> but basically, it's, w- it's well. Sung yeah. in the style of, of Lulu. We're going to be. We've got uh, tomorrow night, Andy. I think you've seen this. We've got the uh, game between uh, Manchester United and Charlton in the Carabao mm. Cup. We're going to bring you that one live. Uh, Eight o'clock kickoff. Um, and uh, Dean Holden, the manager at uh, Charlton, has been. He's a massive Manchester United fan. A huge <clears> fan. I saw of that. Yeah. He's very excited. And he was telling a little story. He said, "My dad, uncle, and brother-in-law were all stewards at Old Trafford." And he said, I got let down once with a ticket for the Champions League game with Borussia Dortmund in 1997. However, one of the stewards didn't turn up for the game. So there was a spare high for his jacket and radio. So he blagged it. I wore them and went down and uh, sat next to my old man by the tunnel. God knows what would have happened if there'd been a pitch invasion. <laughs> Wouldn't have been great, would it? Wouldn't have been Fantastic. good at all, really. Yeah, good. Well, Undine, that's very good. Anyway, that went live for you uh, tomorrow. That sounds good. And I've often mentioned mm. before that um, when it comes to the soaps, uh, the, uh, the the way that Coronation Street does comedy tends to uh, not uh, um, EastEnders into a cop hat. Always, And uh, yeah. uh, something we always used to point out on uh, TV Burp, whenever they're desperate for something a bit funny, they have a theme night in the Vic. And that when um, when <laughs> Shane Ritchie left and Alfie Moon wasn't there, they had to find other sources of... That really was the only source of comedy, because mm. it's 99... 
0.9% misery, isn't it? It is, yeah, very true. So uh, <laughs> I was delighted to see uh, that this week, uh, there's another Without theme. me on this show. Yeah, theme <laughs> night in the Vic. It's back. <laughs> yeah, it's always great. They say it always lifts the gloom in Albert Square. Oh, does it really? Yeah, not sure. So yeah, <laughs> theme night are back. I think it's uh, Richard the Third theme night. It's not Richard the Third theme night. Uh, Hundred Years War theme night. I think it's a Wyan night. I think they've gone for that. Mm. So uh, yeah, look out for some much needed comedy in extenders. An odd story about the Beckhams. You see, they're moving from their, they're selling their country pile. Yeah. Because uh, apparently it's too noisy. Uh, they they live quite near the Soho farmhouse. Mm. Apparently the number of cars driving past to go has doubled in two years. How many cars can it be gone? Yeah. What was that? Constant cars going to Soho farmhouse. Are they, are they giving them a toot when they go past? Yeah, I don't know. A idea. Romeo in Brooklyn outside in front of a brazier. <laughs> like a couple of striking fires. That's good, isn't it? Romeo yeah. signed for Brentford. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, normally you he get... He must be quite all right. You know, he must yeah. be quite decent. That's right. Yeah, well, I don't think they would mess around, but I don't think they're going to be playing yeah. on it. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's done well. the B team, yeah. but you never know. You know, they're probably having a good look at him. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. These are Clips of the Week pewter from August 2004. I think it's about as far back as the producer has mm. managed in his... Uh... Anyway, the background to this is uh, a bunch <laughs> All of... All the old... others are on wax cylinders. I think they are. A bunch of old mini-discs found lying around uh, in the office have been digitised by our producer on his trusty mini-disc player. I think he's got the only working one left in the country. And um, we're able to play them to you. We've dusted them off. And they're not gold, they're pewter. Well, having said that, there's one or two in here because obviously August 2004 was a, was a memorable month and a very oh, useful golden, one. golden time. Yeah, because yeah. it's picked up a, a couple of clips that have made their way into the uh, Christmas Eve show. But um, anyway, this one hasn't. We haven't heard this since 2004. We haven't heard any of them apart from the obvious ones since 2004. Andy, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, we start with Drive presenter Patrick Kinghorn struggling to get the words out from Tony. It says, Patrick should apologise for an incorrect sensationalism. Well, he was struggling. Mm. And speaking of struggling with words, this is a Christmas Eve staple. It's Graham Beecroft and Alan Brazil watching some of the kayaking during that summer's Olympics in Athens. But Tim Brabant really pushing hard, and he's now right into the second-place uh, rower in that event, the second-place paddler. So he's about to take second place, but will the line come too quickly on, for Tim. him? Keep going. Uh, keep pushing on. And I think that it might be too much for him to get to the line to aye get aye. a gold. Here's the finishing line coming up. He might just get a silver, silver if he pushes silver. on, will he? Is it a silver? We'll confirm that with you in just a moment. Or indeed, he might not. I might have been looking actually at the, the two up at the top there. In fact, he didn't get into the show there. So my apologies for that altogether. We're looking at a monitor. That was, which no, is Mickey, a that, that was exciting. It was exciting. Unfortunately, you he were talking no about a guy from Azerbaijan. <laughs> just when it was going so well for Alan. so funny. Azan Jaban. pushing on has keep, become a phrase. We use a catchphrase. Yes. And Alan has always struggled with that particular country. Have your say. First is Adrian Dunham and Gary Stevens will be taking your calls right up till 10 o'clock. As a, as a, I've always got a problem with this. As a, as a, And uh, whilst we're on the subject of some of Alan's uh, historical pronunciations, <laughs> this was also say. August 2004. <laughs> here he is. Oh no, I think it was the second time. This is, yeah, this is the return oh, was it? of George. Yes, here he is praying to chat once again to an old friend. <laughs> Bring it on. And George Geogogod. Uh, George Jogacopoulos. <laughs> George Geogogod. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're going to have to wait till Christmas Eve to hear the uh, original. Brilliant, isn't it? You didn't do too bad, actually, Alan. Oh, you did. Yeah. Back to Patrick Kinghorn on Drive now. It's half past four. Let's get the latest world headlines with Claire Jenkins. Claire, what's this about Mark Thatcher in court in South Africa over this alleged coup in Equatorial Guinea? That's right. Well, Baroness Thatcher's son has been formally charged in connection with an alleged plot to overthrow the president of Equatorial Guinea. Yeah, he just told us that. <laughs> Slightly ruined the bullet Stole in there. Stole a thunder, Patrick, didn't he? <laughs> also crossing to the news uh, was Alan Brazil. Thank you, Mark, just gone. Oh, so crossing to the news was Alan Brazil. <laughs> now, good morning. Just gone seven thirty. Oh dear, problems in Russia. Here's Dave. Uh, Ursula here, actually. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> call a, everybody called a Dave in the office. He didn't mind. Yeah, different time. Anyway, what's next? Everybody called it. No, they didn't. They I'm didn't. just. They didn't. Of course, they, they didn't. didn't call a Dave. Beaky now discussing, of course, England's left-sided problem. Mm. And now, I think we've got to look at a left-sided player, but again, there is no left-sided player. It's a central midfielder operating on the left-hand side. So, you know, the question is, can Ashley Pol- Cole, Sven, play down that left-hand side? Yeah, I love Ashley Good old Ashley Pohl. <laughs> uh, here's a call out, Keith Arthur, on Fisherman's Blues with results of a competition. Darren Davis, yeah. And uh, Jeff Perrin, Reggie Perrin, drew peg five. Um, Reggie Perrin, after an hour, had five pound in his net... <laughs> Of branches and twigs. Um, by the end of the match, he'd gone well into double figures, but unfortunately, he couldn't find anything with fins on it. Reggie, didn't they find his clothes on the riverbank? <laughs> I think they probably <laughs> did. I'd like to think so, yes. <laughs> What's next, then? It's back to Beaky and Big Al talking art. Thanks very much indeed, Marissa. I tell you what, the scream, Al. I wouldn't hang it in my garage, would you? The scream. Oh, you mean this picture? Yeah. Most of these pictures I wouldn't. Give me, a bit of, give me a bit of landscape. Lovely, or a nice horse. Thoroughbred, fine. But oh, some of some of this uh, new stuff, I forget. <laughs> Talk art. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> some of the new stuff. The scream, 1893. <laughs> All this new stuff. I have a Beaky. If Beaky did have uh, the scream hanging in his garage. It'd be in a big old house, I would imagine. Uh, here's Patrick Kinghorn and Tony Cascarino with the guest Andy Townsend morning Andy good morning Pat morning Cash how are you doing Ant very a bit nervous a bit, a bit nervous, nervous about, bit, about being the sorry I'm going <laughs> we've all done that this is Alan addressing the day's big issues with Derek Tomo Thompson well we did have a good day but let me tell you, sorry, Tom, before you tell us, yeah. when are they going to sort, right? And Yarmouth, look, they're good as gold when it comes to badges for members. Yeah. When, are, when is some dipstick going to sort out when you come through Yarmouth over the bridge and you hang a left and you're about yeah. to turn right in the race course? When, or oh, when is someone going to sort out a filter lane? Because all the race traffic's True. an outside lane. You can't get across the road. I know. Especially this time of the year because it's all holiday traffic, holiday makers. All they need is a little green filter arrow well, for, so. let's say, one minute. And and it'll take most of that traffic away. Honestly, you just can people are trying to take chances I, and there's I, nearly accidents galore. But honestly, it's just simple, you know, if anyone anyone just looks at it, because there must be so many frustrated people there uh, who who eventually take chances and I'm sure it causes accidents. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, there's only so many race days at Yarmouth, but if they just put a filter in there for race Good day idea. traffic, bingo. 
And it remains a big story now, doesn't it? <laughs> Very much The so. filter lane in Yarmouth. Did they ever do it? If you live in Yarmouth, has Alan got a point? I mean, it's to, uh, talksport.com, text 8 to 89, tweet to us, H and J. I mean, it's, you know, you're talking... Uh, 18 years ago, was it? 19 like years ago, have they sorted it out? Like they just put a filter in for race days. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, so Alan can get there. So, and finally, it's Alan talking racing. I've got to be honest, Alan, I'm very, very keen on paper talk in this. Were you at Newmarket when paper talk made his debut in the July meeting? No, I wasn't, no. No, he's probably stuck <laughs> in traffic then. at Yarmouth, wasn't he? <laughs> no, beautiful. There we are. So there we are. That's Alan Brazil there, and uh, quite Alan heavy from back in August 2004. And uh, we'll hopefully dust off a few mm. more from the vaults for you around the, around the same time next week. Arraigned. Arraigned. So I'm getting quite posh. Keep, keep pushing on. Now, you may be aware... The idea of the Mun- Edward Munch's screaming Beaky's garage. Yeah. What a fine that would be. Just throw it out. Alan, give it to Alan Brazil. Well, he wouldn't like it. He prefers the landscape. Um, now, you may be aware there is a mm. new Netflix series, a kind of drive to survive for tennis. Mm. Serve to survive, Andy. Serve to survive, it should, thought be it should be called, but it's not. It's called Breakpoint. Mm. Now, we haven't, I haven't watched any of it. Have you watched any of it? No, it does sound quite interesting. I mean, Kyrgios is a fascinating bloke anyway, yeah. so I think the first one's about him. It sounded quite good. Well, we'll be chatting to someone later on who has... And can, uh, kind of get as long as it hasn't got too much tennis in it, I'll enjoy it. <laughs> well, it is a tennis documentary, Andy. I mean, that's, I think that's going to be quite difficult. Uh, the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. I'll be back with Charlie to do it all again uh, tomorrow. I do hope you can uh, join us. Charlie Baker, of course. Andy will be back on Wednesday. Um, if you can join us on one, great. If not, the podcast, as always, will be available around four. Don't forget the uh, Clips of the Week podcast as well. And indeed, the TalkSport X. Extra, extra, the extra. Tools for extra <laughs> clips of the week podcast that you can also download. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.